Welcome to the Yarn Barn. G'day and welcome to this week's episode of the Welcome to the Yarn Barn podcast. Grab a cuppa, kick back and get ready for an episode that's going to ignite your mind, stir your emotions and inspire you to take action. Today, I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with the incredible Matthew Musgroves, the powerhouse behind Strong Space Counselling based out of none other than our nation's capital, Canberra. But don't worry, folks, his impact extends far beyond the city limits, reaching dads all across the country. In this conversation, we dive deep into the intersection of dad life and business, exploring the extraordinary courage it takes to seek help, the importance of worth and validation, and uncovering the secrets of, of living the best versions of ourselves as blokes. So this chat had my brain firing on all cylinders throughout and it left me, left me with this real desire to continue my self-discovery journey and dive deeper into certain areas that we covered. So a massive thank you goes out to Mr. Musgraves for this thought-provoking conversation. So simply now your job is to sit back, relax and get ready to soak up some of the wisdom that is found in this podcast episode. It's time to tune in and enjoy the show. And remember, if you are feeling compelled to contribute and be a part of the thriving community that we have, Dad's Only Yarn Barn on Facebook, then that could be through donations, through sponsorship, or becoming a corporate partner of the Australian Dads Network as well. If that is of interest to you, then please reach out to Liam at australiandadsnetwork.org.au and I'd love to have a chat with you about how you can make a difference to our community. So stay tuned and look forward to seeing you on the other side of this episode. All right, we are back inside the yarn barn and this time we have Matt Musgrave. I feel like you're calling you Matty. Is that okay? Whatever works, yes. Whatever works. Um, yeah, here with uh, Matty Musgrave and uh, and Matt's. Uh, Matt's. Uh, we've connected a number of times um, over the years for various different things. Yeah. And uh, Matt is uh, in in a very similar line of work to myself in in uh, in the counselling therapy space. So I'm, I'm extremely looking mm-hmm. forward to this conversation, and uh, because I think we'll be able to, you know tackle some topics that it will be very helpful and interesting for people to to in, indulge their ears in um, but before we kick off on on some of those those uh, conversations do you want to just give us a quick overview of who Matt Musgrave is where you are and uh, and maybe the family situation Sure. Yeah. Um, so I am based here in Canberra. Um, I've been living in Canberra for about 11 years now. Um, moved here to join the army back in 2012, um, joined the Australian Defence Force Academy, um, grew up small country town, New South Wales, went to all boys boarding school for six years, um, joined the army after that, and then met my now wife in the army, um, my then girlfriend, and then 
she moved to Canberra and we've basically stuck it out here ever since. We've got two kids, three and one. Um, we've sort of been married for six, seven, seven, eight years now. Um, and yeah, I've had a sort of range of jobs and backgrounds and interests and I've sort of jumped from thing to thing over the last 10 years, um, but very much landed as a as a counsellor, um, running my own business here out of this little room uh, online and, and love it. I've been, I've just uh, hit one year in business just at the start of May. So um, very exciting for me to have made that work and to have lasted this long and, you know, for it, it feels good. So that's that's me in a nutshell. Awesome! Well, congrats on on the the anniversary. That's it. Yeah, that is exciting. Thank you. Yeah, for someone who's just, yeah, I'm I'm just in that yeah. game boat myself. Just uh, started in February this year, so you know the idea of getting to to a year yep. is is it seems like such a long way away. So I imagine that's that's exciting to get to that point. Yeah, it was kind of surprising to me. My, my wife sort of said, how how long have we been doing this for? And I was like, I actually don't know. Let me jump on and find my first client session, you know, on the strong space. And then, yeah, it happened to be like the 2nd of May, I think, um, uh, 2022. So I'd been doing counseling before that in another practice and I've sort of been working one-on-one um, -on -one with men for several years in the community sector. But in my own business, yeah. 2nd of May, 2022. There you go. Awesome. That's great. So what, um, when we've got a, a, a number of guys that are inside the, the dad's network that are in the military or ex-military, what, what's, what was the, you know, part of the decision making process to, to consider that? Because obviously that is, uh, was a significant decision, but also, you know, it's led to you meeting your, your wife as well. So what, what was, take us back to what that sort of, what you were doing at that particular time where that was the, the choice for you. Yeah. Um, it was, didn't feel like a particularly deep, um, well thought out plan at the time. <laughs> I was, um, I applied to be, um, to join the, um, the graduate program after high school um, to go in and do the gap year, the 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 12-month gap year. And I got turned away right at the very beginning of the process when I was in year 12 and they said, no, no don't even get to an interview. Um, and so I thought, oh, okay, this is not for me. And then I had a year off and I was like, well, I'm going to give ad for a crack. One of my mates said, if you're going to join the army, get a degree from them as well. So I thought, okay, fair enough, I'll do that. So I jumped in and then, yeah, so I went through, there was really no thought process to it. It was just, there's a part of me that wants to join the army. I spent six years in an all boys boarding school. So the, you know, institutionalization, the community side of things, the family side of things just felt right. It felt like it was something that I could do and that would fit. Um, I probably didn't think it through enough because, you know, culturally it wasn't the best fit for me after all. Um, I didn't love it. <laughs> um, I spent two years there at ADFA um, and, and I suppose like it was good. I'm glad I did it. Like you said, I'm, I, and like I mentioned earlier, I met my wife um, there and we spent some time in the same div and then all of that, but it was just not culturally the right fit for me i didn't feel like i fit in particularly well with a lot of the, the the groups it wasn't actually what i was aligned to do helping people rather than learning to shoot guns um it's probably a bit of a bit around you know my masculinity and wanting to you know prove my manhood right
it and sort of keep going in that really kind of hyper masculine space um which again just didn't feel comfortable for who i sort of my true authentic parts i suppose it was very much like a prove myself to the world um, and then it got to a point where I was like, I can't keep doing this. And there was a two-year window before you were sort of committed for the full nine years at ADFA. Um, and I just said, well, I don't want to do the full. I've tried this. It's fine. It's not what I want to do. Um, so I jumped out before I was <laughs> heavily committed um, to that process. And and whilst I didn't know what I was going to do or what I really wanted, I just knew that that was it. And that was kind of the start of the process of the next sort of 10 years for me. You know, I was 19, 20 um, when I joined and then subsequently left just before my 21st birthday. And it was basically a process of finding what I wanted to do, finding myself, moving um, out of those sort of strict, rigid um, ideas I thought I had to have for myself and really just lean into who I wanted to be. And that's kind of what, you know, I jumped from job to job and worked in pubs and um, got a degree in criminology and worked in the prisons and did probation parole. And then that every just job, I just shifted slightly more towards where I've landed now as a counsellor. I've gone, yes, <laughs> okay, this is it. This feels right. This feels good. I feel aligned. Um, so I, I, I really do sort of credit my past self a lot to um, having the courage to stop doing things that didn't feel right, you know, and, and you know, not, you know, um, leaning into the shame. I had a lot of criticism. I lost a lot of friends in the army who said, you know, I wasn't cut out for it. I wasn't man enough. I, you know, uh, all of my closest mates stopped talking to me when I left, you know, that's just the bubble. That's the culture. Um, so I had a lot of stuff that came up for me around that uh, in the early days, but I still did it. And I'm glad that I did because I don't think I ever would have got to this place um, if I didn't have that strength, if I really just, you know, um, stuck it out or did the grind. I don't know if I would be nearly as happy and content. So I'm glad I did it, but, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't for me, <laughs> I suppose. Mm. That's, uh, you know, interesting that uh, there's a couple of things that I, I, I want to sort of if we mm. if we call these two little um, forks in the road or, or moving down those paths is is intuition. Yeah, you know what, you know what we yeah. we sometimes will will just find ourselves in a decision making process where it's like I have no idea why I'm going to make this decision, but you know it's like hmm, yes. what what is that bigger pull? Is it the bigger pull to stay where we are? Is the bigger pull to go to somewhere we don't even yes. know what that other thing is? But it's it seems to be a big there's a force pulling us there. For me, following that is is and has proven to be really successful for me over the years. And so now when I feel that pull yeah. to go I'm not sure what this is, but you know, I need to I need to do that, or I need to follow that, or sometimes it's just I need to stay this course. Um, you know, that seems to be something that was was or has sort of taken you along this path too. Is that is that fair to say? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if I ever would have used you know like the the language that I would now around like intuition and um, you know those protective systems um, for me discernment is a really important thing for me i kind of um there's a lot for me around noticing i i think the gut feeling and the intuition is really important but 
for me in particular, I also have all these other parts that kind of go, no, don't do that or don't lean into that or what are gonna people going to say? Um, you know, other parts that go, oh, you're probably just making it up or no, that's not really right. So for me, like you were sort of mentioning, there's times where I kind of go, yep, I can feel that you know, intuition, that gut feeling, but is it what I really want right now? You know, what else is sort of going on and really trying to lean into, um, you know, making the right choice for myself at the time. And I don't think I had the language for that, you know, when I was 18, 19, 20, I suspected that I I knew that joining the army was not a, a, a right decision for me. I knew it wasn't, it didn't feel right. Um, but it was kind of what I felt compelled to do, right? From that sense of um, I need to prove my self-worth. That's not not the best reason to make a decision <laughs> potentially uh, in all contexts. But um, what I know now is that, you know, being able to do that and then pull myself out, that's always been kind of my skills to discern, oh, yeah, okay, that was not a good decision. Let's, you know, let's shift away from that. So I do list, I, I often don't listen to my intuition until I've jumped into something and then I go, okay, <laughs> yeah, this doesn't feel right anymore and really sort of shifting out of it. Um, and that comes with a lot of things, like even now with like the business, you know, I've got four, five, six, seven, eight different business ideas, you know, that I want to do all of the time that feel right and have this big mission to them, right? Um, and that feels sort of authentic and something that I can do. And sometimes I've just got to slow myself down and yes, acknowledge that that feels right, but also that I need to do all these other things first and to not get ahead of myself and to not split my attention too much. So, you know, it's a bit of both for me, right? Um, it's, it's giving me information, but it's not always information I can act on in the moment. And I don't, I haven't done that particularly well in the past. I just dive right in <laughs> which is i think from doing some research but also you know now in my mm. uh, my my space where i'm doing um uh, my own business as well you know there's that sense of almost um you know just just wanting to do something feel really lit up by that thing and then um, you know, you do that for a little while and you go, oh, well, what's the next shiny object thing, you know, like, because it's always yes. that something that's really new and something that's novel and exciting. It seems to draw people mm. with, I don't know exactly what it is, but, you know, um, I hear like entrepreneurs and stuff are always talking about, you know, they get really excited about this thing, dive right in, create it. And then like, all right, cool. What's next? Do you, is that, do you resonate with that? And, yeah. and, and is, I suppose, you know, just thinking of, you know, your story is, is, and I don't know if this is the right word, but like, do you feel yourself uh, getting bored easily? I. It's a really good question and it's a really good point. And I absolutely resonate with the kind of shiny object kind of syndrome that sort of pulls, you know, for me, it's like, where's that next dopamine hit going to come from, right? What's the next thing that's going to make me feel good? Um, and so for me... I don't think bored is not the right word. Um, 
for me, it's like resistant, right? I'll have I'll have this thing that's like, yes, I want to build the business and I want to, you know, and I'll do the website for three days straight. I'll hyper-focus on it. I'll write everything out. I'll write 10,000 words for the website and it'll be SEO specialized. And then after that three days... I'll just like that when that dopamine's gone, I'll pull back and then I won't touch it again for another three months, six months, and I berate myself internally, right? Around, oh, you gotta keep doing this and you gotta it just becomes so hard, the grind of that energy, that dopamine's just not there anymore. It becomes this resistance. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's not that I get bored um easily and I don't jump from thing to thing a lot. I just have these periods, like these blocks of hyper focus where it'll just I'll have a idea generation for three days straight and I'll have 25 different business ideas that I could do right Um, and then I won't have another idea for six months (laughs) you know Um, so for me it's it's about sort of running with the energy and running with what I've got at the time, but also recognizing that that's not always helpful and consistent, right? Um, consistency and maintaining um, sort of things are a very difficult routine for me. So, um, you know, I, I try to work with my body and with my brain, with my system um, in those sort of blocks and those periods and say, oh, I'm having a big energy. I'm having a big creation moment. I'm having a big, you know, business kind of moment. I'm having a big web website moment or whatever it is um knowing that it's not going to last so i kind of lean into it Um, but i just make sure that i've got all the systems and processes in place so that i'm still writing my case notes and replying to emails and doing all of the superfluous stuff that to me just i have no real interest in doing there's no dopamine in that stuff at all so but it's taken me a long time to get to that point of understanding how my system works and how my brain works and how my body works and actually sort of um, leaning into it rather than trying to fight so hard against it, right, and fit in with productivity and, you know, um, consistency and doing batch batching everything on a certain day. If I don't have the energy, if I don't have the mindset in that day, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me. It's just how my brain works um so there's a lot of self-acceptance there's a lot of um sort of self-compassion there that i that i have to sort of work on all the time to make sure i don't fall into those sort of shame spirals and the ruminating patterns that kind of go what's wrong with you why can't you be like everyone else why can't you just be productive why can't you just do x y and z like everyone else does right um it's just not how my brain works and that's okay that's totally fine right um so there's a there's a lot to it for me but yes like um always constant i do notice i'm always constantly seeking that dopamine and that next shiny object i just don't know in what form it's going to take right Mm. it's um yeah I, i think i resonate a lot with that too and you know I didn't understand the the wording or the you know how to how to communicate this until you know only a few years ago really when I started to do a lot more self reflection yeah. and be a lot more um, you know go down yeah. that path of self awareness and try and figure out what it is that that I desire and and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's a it's a totally. constant a constant evolution. I think what you know what you were saying then is is spot on too. That we I think with. Oh, I love social media, you know, and I love a good TikTok and all yeah. that sort of stuff, right? But like, it, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's it has created for for some of us it has created this level of, you know, uh, 
for influencers, you know, you see people online, you, you know, it could be The Rock or it could be, I don't know, it could be yep. or whoever it is, you know, all this. I just saw him on a TikTok just earlier. Mm, That's why he's mm. on the top of my mind. But, you know, like, totally. um, <laughs> you know, we see these people who are doing these amazing things and we think like, well, our life must be boring or our life must be, you know, we, I don't. I don't batch my emails or my calendar or I don't do this and that, you know, you know, I mm. should do that, you know, and there's this level of feeling insecure or yeah. inadequate based off of things that we're seeing other totally, people do. Yeah. But like what you're saying there, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. you know, we're constantly working on ourselves and, but also being comfortable in the fact that the way I do things, if it's working for me, go for it. Like, why not? You know, why do I need to yep. change that? So it's okay yep. to, try new things and you know i constantly do that too um and my wife to the point where she yeah. gets you know she gets you know, i can see her sort of rolling her eyes like oh you're going to try this new thing cool mm, all right let, here we go let, again let me know when it doesn't work <laughs> or you know great if it does you know or, you know just just do it you when know you lose interest and move on to the next thing exactly <laughs> yes um so you know, yeah. i just want to uh, so i think that was important uh, just to mention i think you know like we we have this ability oh, within yeah. ourselves to to feel worthy and you know be self-compassionate and and i think yeah. a lot of the times we don't but one of the things you mentioned there was about um you, mm -hmm. you mentioned with the the military was to prove your self-worth mm. and so i just wanted to see if we could maybe just talk a little bit about that because you know self-worth is that you feeling good within yourself you know what what is the i just I'm trying to figure out a nice way to sort of put this question but you know if we're feeling good within ourselves sure at what point do we need to then prove it to the external mm. world you know and and for, for you in that example like is there is there an example that you want to use or how that worked for you yeah yeah i mean self-worth is such a complicated concept right i mean it's easy easy in a sense like how do we feel about ourselves right um but i actually think in practice it's really really difficult to understand it's far more complicated than most people think so much of our behavior so much of our decision making is feels so unconscious and feels so reactive and feels so impulsive, right? Without that, you, like you use the, the beautiful term there before around that self-awareness. We don't have that reflective practice. If we're not conscious and sure and aware of why we're making decisions and what we're doing, then all of it kind of seems reactionary. All of it seems... Um, almost like we're doing it for no reason, right? It's just automatic. But... For me, as I've come through my journey and as I've reflected on, and the army is kind of the big one, right? Because it's to me, it's just so obvious. Like, why would I, this passive, like little guy who, you know, has all the different ideas and interests in the world, why would I want to join the army of all places, right? Nobody could figure it out. I had no one in my family who'd been in the army. I had no friends who were in the army. I didn't have, uh, I didn't even know anybody at that point in my life who was in the army. It was just in my head, that's what felt right to me. In reflection, it's easy for me to say that I felt like I was trying to prove my masculinity, 
right? But in the moment, there was no thought process there of like, oh, the way that people perceive me and this is really like, you know, manly and that's going to make me feel really good about myself because people are going to say that, you know, oh, that's Matt, he's in the army, you know, he's at Adfa, great, you know? But that was absolutely what I was looking for. I was looking for this external validation. I was looking for, I loved the way that people reacted and responded to me when they said, when I said, yeah, 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 I'm joining the army or I'm in the army and this is what I do people would go oh that's awesome Matt like that's so cool like gosh I could never do that or whatever was coming up so that was really validating but it was this real external factor for me it was based entirely on how other people perceived me so it was it's such an obvious one now (laughs) right but it was not coming from that internal self-validated self-compassionate space of what I really wanted it was how do I get as much validation Um, from what I do and what value I provide to the community and how other people perceive me is what sort of generates that sense of self-worth. That can be easily taken away and it can also be easily not aligned to our truth and our authenticity and who we're kind of being. So for me, as I sort of think about self-worth and I think about, you know, where that was coming from for me, like I had a lot of work to do back then right I had very little guidance I had very little help or support I had no one to sort of spitball around who I wanted to be or what I wanted to do with my life so I was just letting my protective parts that wanted external validation run the show and make the decisions so over the course of that 10 years where I am now so much of that self-reflective work is about all right why am I doing this am I doing this for me or am I doing this because a part of me wants validation from my wife or wants validation from you know um, my mates or wants validation from social media right am I trying to seek this thing externally and there's nothing inherently wrong with that if it aligns but at the same time if it's not then I know it's going to feel awkward internally and it's not going to be right it's not going to sit well with me and so I do a little bit of work around that right I do some reflection I do some therapy around the parts that want me to do something um, because it's understandable but it's not helpful for me in my life right Um, I'm always focused on being able to provide myself um, that worthiness right without needing to get that from anyone else easier said than done but that's the goal anyway yeah i think a lot of, i mean a lot of this work on ourselves and you know I'm, I'm trying to move myself away from saying work because you know although life is is part of you know what is it the three um guarantees of life is pain uncertainty and and constant work you know and and there's there's elements of that that i i you know i i can really agree with that, but yes you know it's just to me i try to move away especially mm. when in the mental health and emotional health and well-being space you're trying to move away from that assumption that it is work you know it's 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 a part of us you know and it's it's a part of mm. our evolution as as people is in my opinion that we yeah we continue to explore ourselves and that should be more fun than than the work quote unquote um you know and so yeah i think i think that's that's a big part of it is just, just constantly evolutionizing ourselves you know for lack of a better phrase and um you know, Gone. Yeah, I, I I believe we're all always doing it anyway. 
right? It's just the level of sort of consciousness that we're bringing to that um, evolution, the revolutionizing um, parts of us that want to grow, that want to heal, that want to feel better, that want to, you know, feel purposeful and authentic and, you know, looking for that connection um, and, and validation. I think it's always happening, or at least I, I trust and assume that people are trying their best. That's my underlying um, sort of core assumption, right? Um, I don't think we all do well during that time, right? And we're not always doing it effectively. And it's not always healthy or helpful, or <laughs> sometimes it can be particularly negative, right? But ultimately, I feel like um, everyone is trying they're using the skills and the tools and the adaptive protective processes that they have to to be better right um we just don't always know how to do it well and we just haven't always been sort of given um the platform or the foundation or the mindset or the understanding to do it in a way that works for us right so that's why we're looking to other people and that's why we're you know that's why all of this you know tends to be external we if i think about this you know like that i believe that we all have the capacity to self-actualize to 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 know what we need in any given moment right to know what we want to do who we want to be and if we're given the safety and the trust to be able to explore that and learn what for us gets in the way, then we're going to come to that much sooner. We're going to come to that in a much sort of clearer kind of path. And so I just feel like, so, like if I can hold that everybody's trying their best, then that's going to give me the best platform to be able to support everyone that i come in contact with and that's always not always the case i've got a lot of people that still trigger me right i've still got a lot of protective parts in my own system that can't handle a lot of situations right um parenting for one my two kids right still trigger me every day right because it's a whole new relationship that's bringing up a whole bunch of different parts i've never had to worry about for <laughs> majority of my life right um that at least I know that I'm doing the best that I can in that moment. I'm a good person having a hard time, right, rather than a bad person doing something on purpose, right, which um, which can really sort of bring up more barriers and more sort of struggle. So I, I that's my general premise. I think we're all trying to work hard at feeling better and being good and self-actualizing, we just some some of us and myself included just need a little bit of extra push to get there a little bit of extra skill development a little bit of extra safety making in relationship um to be able to feel comfortable and safe to, to actually do that work right that's what comes up for me when i heard you talking just before i don't know if that lands i don't know if that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah i mean well for, for me yes it does and uh you know and i think that i'm very much similar to to what you mentioned there, yeah. you know, um, you know, constantly trying to understand myself, be um, be aware yeah. of my my the things that I can do to help myself, but also be aware mm -hmm. of those things that aren't necessarily helpful or um, for mm -hmm. myself, but also for others, you know, and then trying to figure out a way to um, explore learning different things. 
you know, that could help. And it's just constantly, yeah. it's, it's just constantly doing that. Um, you know, I think it goes back to your point earlier about um, you said, you know, you had to have the courage to stop doing the things that didn't uh, didn't align with mm -hmm. you. I think was mm -hmm. along those lines. Anyway, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's that's part yeah. of you know what we need to do as individuals is just to have that courage to go. This thing isn't being hasn't yeah. been and still isn't working for me. Maybe I need to to try something different. Um, do you find that with when you moved into the space of working with men, uh, working and now obviously under your business as a as a counsellor, um, you know what is that something that you have noticed as being a common thread amongst your your clients and people that you work with? Absolutely, yes. Um, I think it takes a lot. I think it takes a lot for guys generally to reach out for help, right? To just admit. And I think that there's just automatically there's courage in that, right? Just saying, hey, I don't have all the answers here. I'm trying my hardest, but I know that there's more, more to this, right? Maybe you can be that person for me. And so I automatically, again, just assume that this is a person who's going through a lot and struggling, right? They have a lot of courage to be able to step into the space. But that's a there's a different kind of courage between having the courage to step into the space, <laughs> I think, and actually do the sort of reflective work on ourselves, to do the change work, to do the healing, to be open to the possibility that we've got things that we're doing and to be able to own that and to, to work through the shame and the guilt that comes forward, right? Um, it's, it's still courage. Um, but I think we have far more protective parts around not wanting to feel that shame that's going to want to blame and project and minimize and justify and kind of step into the space of saying, but if they didn't do this, then I wouldn't. That's kind of, you know, back to the to the word of the work, right? For me, that's where a lot of the work is. That's where a lot of the self-awareness, self-reflective practice work is, Right. Tell me, what is it about that? What comes up for you when that happens, when you're triggered, right? Because I get it. I know you want to blame them. I know that it probably wouldn't have happened if they didn't say X, Y, and Z, right? Totally true, yes. But what is it about you that doesn't like that, right? That doesn't feel good. Where does that come from, right? And having the courage to actually look inwards and kind of say, okay, this is a me thing, right not a them thing there's actually a my reaction and response to that and that's what i work on that's where a lot of guys i feel get stuck right they 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 want to come in and it takes a lot for them to come in and talk um but once they get that safety once they get that validation once they get you know create that sort of relational you know positivity in 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 with their counselor there are those protective parts that just want to vent and blame and intellectualize and talk and just tell the story but not actually want to do the work and that's been my personal experience for myself as well right i'm super open to sharing and i'll tell everybody anything that i have a problem with but when it comes to actually understanding why i have a problem with it that takes a lot more time and energy <laughs> for me so i think courage is really important um but there are also different levels to courage as well 
right? And 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 lots of different aspects there around where am I courageous and where do I need to be more courageous as well? Mm. Yeah, there's there's that level of uh, crossing each line as as start to evolve into mm. something, especially for the guys who are reaching out, wanting to to work with a counselor or um, practitioner of some kind. That you know, yeah, I think that's mm. a really that's a really good point. Is that being open to go through the door and sit on the couch and have a conversation and vent feels yeah. good you know that's that's really good now you've got that trust now it's we're we're not about mm-hmm. just skimming the surface anymore it's about let's diving a little bit deeper and um and i think that's that yeah. is that is a good point because it's it's one thing to come through the door it's the next thing to now do you know go through the process and um and that can be yeah, scary too the change work mm. totally totally and 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 understandably right it, it makes sense like for, for most guys that come to me they don't have anyone to talk to at all they don't even have anyone to vent to right there's very little safety emotional safety with the, in the relationships of the people around them there's no one that they can go to and even vent a lot of the times right it might be at the pub and you know having a beer after work or whatever and they can do a little bit of like oh yeah you know misses on my back kind of thing Right, but it's not going to be like, no, I'm really struggling. Like this really sucks. I'm really hurting. Right, she's doing this and she's doing that, and she's on my back and she's nagging, and you know she's not doing her work and she's on my. I say get it out. Absolutely, it makes sense to me that that you know that they want that 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 there are parts of them that want to explore that. Totally, good. If I don't figure out. The next step, which is, well, what does that mean for you, right? If you want to come and vent, you come and vent. But I'm going to be curious around how effective that is in terms of helping support you to feel better, Mm. right, in the long run, to relate better to the people around you, to be able to manage and, you know, regulate our emotions, to hold space for our parts, to know that, you know, we actually know what the hell is going on right for ourselves so that we can make good choices we can you know push ourselves in the right direction that's that's the extra line that's that's the next step right venting is good it is necessary we it really creates clarity right this is what i'm really struggling with this is how i really feel about it right not just the surface level feeling right oh yeah yeah she's on my back again it's all good you know just you know shut up and do my bit and whatever right so the venting is good but it's just i'm yet to meet anyone where venting is enough right so having the conversation is good but how do people learn to actually work through it what do they need after the venting what is the struggle what impact do those does that feeling have on the people around them right once you go there that's when you start getting into the good juicy kind of um, crunchy feelings right um and that that can be hard right that can be really hard mm. what do you think the why do you think guys uh or we've been in such a state for so long where guys feel like they can't go down and and go through that process of the the what do you call it the soft and the crunchy and <laughs> The good stuff. The good stuff. Why is it so hard for us to do that? Oh. Oh. 
going to take a moment to kind of gather my thoughts because there are so just so many, so many thoughts about this. I I believe to so if I think about this from a bit of a process standpoint, a bit of a theoretical standpoint, right? The theory that the modality that I work under considers sort of um, two factors to sort of. Uh, behavioral adaptation and that is um, what we kind of call um, experiential burdens which are these belief systems that we take on in our lives and, and in our protective systems um, that are from direct um, experiences that we've had right um, these could be you know um, this could be, you know, um, dad left me at school for, you know, hours every day, you know, and so we take on that experience burden of dad doesn't love me and I need to either overcompensate or under, so that like that could be an example. It could be, um, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm an abusive parents. It could be in my relationship. I don't know how to communicate in this relationship and, and so now I'm really awkward and just broken up with me. So, you know, um, that takes on a meaning and, and a belief system and a burden that we carry moving forward totally subconsciously often without us even realizing right but it's as a result of something we've directly experienced okay so i'm i'm often looking for those when i'm working with guys i'm like right what was that like right and and often our brain will you know explicitly put that forward in memory right i'll say what you know what's coming up for you they'll say i remember this one time with dad and he left me at school and i remember feeling like crap right and so that can inform our sort of emotions that can inform about how we feel about ourselves the burdens and belief systems that we carry there's also a second kind of one which um we kind of um the language that we use in the model that I use in the model is um, a legacy burden, and that, that's a little bit less direct. These can be things that you don't experience. Nobody tells you these things. Um, there's no messaging in terms of there's no billboard saying to be a man, you need to, you know, be valuable or and no one's sitting there saying that to you. But the way people treat each other, the way people react, the way people respond, the way that society is structured, the way that the systems kind of permission these things and not those things, right? Um, it kind of underlyingly, implicitly sends these messages from structural um, um, legacy related. It's just entirely systemic that internalizes for us how we have to be and what we have to be. Right. So sometimes it's not about what we've experienced, but it's just how we felt in particular moments. Right. We saw somebody else uh, getting um, uh, bullied for being gay. Right. No one's told me I can't be gay. Right. But that moment tells me that the system says that that's not an okay thing to do. You're going to you're going to be hurt. You're going to be bullied. You're going to be targeted. And that's not safe relationally that's not safe so we internalize that as this is not okay this is unacceptable right for me even if it's not true and even if we you know so that's where sort of homophobia gets generated it's not always explicitly sometimes it is very explicit right but there's all these reasons and so we've got all these unconscious subconscious feelings and emotions around what we the messages that we've received and the experiences that we've had that kind of inform right how we feel and react and respond to things and so oftentimes you know if i think about it practically 
if we can go back, if we can uncover, if we can explore, if we can share, if we can unpack and explore those things, most guys are pretty, you know, uh, pretty flexible enough to go, oh, yeah, okay, that's not helpful, right? That's not, oh, that's, that actually doesn't help me at all connect or be where I want to be. Um, so that's, I think it's really hard to do that. I think there's a lot of shame and guilt and um, uncertainty that sits in at the bottom of the world where, where all those sort of burdens are, all those belief systems, and they kind of get layered over with protective, adaptive um, uh, parts of us that kind of say, well, can't be gay, so now I need to protect myself from being perceived as gay. So that becomes in the system, that protective part comes in the system, right? And then we just get stuck with that part, that reactive response, and we don't really go back underneath it, right? So so I think most people are just sitting in that sort of surface level kind of reactive, responsive behavioral thought patterns without really understanding where it sort of comes from and where it's being derived from and what what sits underneath it what's the belief system that permissions us to be homophobic right we believe that it's bad okay great let's work with that rather than the behavior right let's work with the belief let's what does that part need from you how do you feel about that part right do you actually agree with it right right what does it do how does it mean how does it play out right oh yeah people always call me homophobic how do you do you like being called homophobic right so we actually start to go a little bit deeper but it's very hard because there's a lot of shame there there's a lot of guilt there guys don't want to touch that that feeling is just too much and we don't know how to manage it so it makes sense that we just push it away protect ourselves from it don't deal with it but it doesn't go away it just sits there right just comes up every now and again so uh, that's 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 my that's what I genuinely believe, and that's the work that I do. I've seen so many guys shed those beliefs and really heal and move forward and understand and connect with themselves and those burdens. Um, and I, you know, in the model I use as a process of unburdening those parts of us, right, so that we meet ourselves in that space. And 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 I've really seen guys go from this point where there's so much ho- uh, hopelessness and shame, but moving that into going yes i understand where that comes from i understand why i believe that i don't need to do that anymore right because i'm not a eight-year-old kid in primary school trying not to be perceived as gay because i think it's i'm a 30 year old man who actually doesn't care and have lots of gay friends and that's totally fine wonderful i don't care what people think of me anymore because i can hold that part of me i can unburden that part i can work with it i know where it's coming from now great right so it can really shift and change but until we learn how to hold and manage those uncomfortable feelings it's so hard to sit in it so hard to be in it to even know that it's happening right Mm. and yeah i think it's spot on as far as you know a lot of this stuff is just held in our subconscious and because we've been suppressing it for so long and it and it's only in certain circumstances and and whatnot that this thing pops up and and sometimes that's that's you know for for guys who haven't um or who don't understand what's going on there you know that's that's where we can resort to some of those unhelpful coping mechanisms as well like drinking totally. too much overeating you know porn all the yes. things that you know uh, yep. feel helpful at the time and like you touched on at the start is is getting that bit of a dope well, they are helpful. Right? you know and that's that's what yeah, we've got well, to manage yeah. they're doing their job mm. 
right? They're actually doing their job and they're doing their job well. It's their job to avoid and dismiss and push down the pain and the discomfort of not knowing how to manage something. Mm. That actually makes total sense. It's doing a good job, right, of what it's been taught to do. It's just that's not always healthy or helpful or okay anymore or it's well it, it certainly doesn't fix the issue right and you know if we're not if we're not addressing everything that's going on then the issue if it gets worse then our our, our protective parts our um, avoidance parts they have to get more intense right and then they just trigger the, the the managerial parts of us they say this is bad this is wrong here's some shame here's some guilt you need to change you need to do that but then we're not actually addressing the underlying cause of what's going on here so whenever that trigger comes up in our life we go back to you know automatic responses of avoidance so then all of a sudden we've got the trigger of the guilt again like this is oh shit, we've done it again oh my god why can't we stop and then Oh, just this terrible cycle that so many people get in, right? Which is like, I'm, there's something wrong with me. I can't stop this. I'm shamed. I'm guilt, which triggers more feelings of discomfort, which means we've got to avoid and protect ourselves even more. And it's this really terrible cycle, right? But as soon as I say to my clients, right, so that protective path doing its job. It's really doing a good job. You feel like shit, it takes it away. Wonderful. I get that it's not helpful and there are heaps of other parts that are just just don't like it at all right that makes sense too because it's not helpful it's not great you don't like it and it's doing its job right so really it makes sense it makes total sense and that's fine that's good right but what if we give a little bit more space what if we actually meet these parts what if we actually try to understand them what are they protecting us from what are they worried will happen if we don't do the binging or the the porn or the overworking or over exercising or the drugs or the alcohol what's going to happen to matt if you don't do the thing right what's it worried it'll tell you that part will tell you what its fear is. Oh, it'll be overwhelming. We can't manage that. We feel shamed, guilty. Right. So this is the part that's protecting you from these really deep feelings of insecurity. Yeah, that makes sense. Jeez. Perfect. Awesome. What if we were to offer some space for that insecurity? Right. What if we go there instead of just trying to manage the behavior? Right. Which is important. It's going to be a part of the process. But what if we just, just take a slight step underneath? How would that feel? No, 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 can't do it. No worries, great, let's go there. Why can't we do it, right? It's too much, it's too overwhelming, great. Can we bring the overwhelm down? Would that be helpful? So we're starting to actually get to the point of what's actually happening with the guys. And this is all of the same work that I do for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what's changed sort of my life, right? That wounded healer stuff. Right, which is like, oh, okay. Once I understand what's going on underneath, I can start to really understand what's happening in the moment. Right. So then I just work with that part of me. Right. I can say, yeah, 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 yeah. You want to do this? Great. That I know because I've done this work that that's actually triggering the younger part of me that feels rejected and alone, and and that's really uncomfortable for that young part. What if I was to go to the young part and say, you're not alone, I'm here with you. I gotcha. I'm 30 now. I've gotcha. <laughs> I can be with you, right? 
and then they go, oh, okay, I don't have to be so scared anymore. So that protective part doesn't have to be so um, avoidant anymore, mm. right? It's still there, right? But it's a little less intense. We can bring and dial that intensity back. It's really important. It's really hard work to do, right? Um, because our system is just doing such a good job and doing what it knows, right? Um, it's just not always helpful. <laughs> it's just not always what we want anymore. Yeah. And for you in your role um, with Strong Space Counselling, owner, mm. um, doing this work on yourself, doing this work with others, taking them through their journey, which um, I know you mentioned before yeah. we started recording that, you know, there's there's – there's some real heavy conversations that come from from this and that's understandable, especially for guys who have been holding on to some stuff for a long time and you're that go-to person for them to to release all of this yeah. and, and help them dive yes. into it, you know. And um, mm. So as a, as a dad who's a business owner, who's taking people into mm-hmm. some of their, their, you know, their dark places, going through some trauma and all that sort of stuff you know plus working yeah. on your own yeah. stuff that you're going through as you continue to to learn on your journey how do you how do you balance all of this million dollar question isn't it um i starting the business Creating the private practice, doing this work was almost out of necessity. Um, it was always something that I wanted to do, um, but um, so my second son was born in February, end of February last year, and we had a really, really hard time. We got that classic false sense of security. The first kid was great, slept through the night really early and happy days, right? no complications we're like yeah let's do a second one great idea second one comes along and he is awesome he's so cool that personality wise is the happiest baby i've ever met in my life health wise he hasn't slept in 15 months <laughs> right so it means we haven't slept in 15 months he's got you know all the classic issues you know enlarged adenoids tonsils um blocked ears blocked nose so he hasn't slept he's been you know um and so that really really tipped me over the edge i would say mental mental health wise um and I was really struggling in the early days. So I kind of said to my wife, I was like, I don't think I can go back to work. That's how, like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know how I'm going to go back to the crisis service. I don't know how I'm going to spend eight to 10 hours a day um, working and still supporting here. Everything's so hard. I'm up. I'm only sleeping two or three hours a night. It's just not going to be good. I don't know how I'm going to manage. I was like, maybe now I need to start the business. Maybe I need to quit my job and just dive headfirst into that so I can be flexible, I can be at home. And so that's what I kind of did. Um, it was purely out of necessity. I wanted to be at home a lot more. We just moved into um, a new home just in January, the month before, into this the house that I'm in now. I set up an office and I just said, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to make this work. Um, I'm going to see as many clients as I can from home. In between sessions, I'm going to come out and I'm going to help put the baby down and feed and you know do the things that I can do because I'll be here I'm not going to be an hour away 
right and traveling and all of that um and i just it was it was a godsend i don't i genuinely still to this day don't know how i would have managed um without it but but i'm also so i suppose like that's that's how i manage with the kids and the business is that facilitating the business meant that i didn't start work till 9 30 i finished at 4 30 um i still saw five clients in the middle of the day so i was you know trying to get that income up and replace that income um, which took me six or seven months so financially we were hit pretty hard um on that and we're still sort of um sort of paying the consequences of her being on mat leave me starting the business at the time we survived we got through um but you know, we're, we're, we're sort of like catching up now and having all of those sort of financial issues um, and implications hit us now. So that's the next challenge, I suppose. Um, but it was actually, you know, that's how of the businesses was how I was able to manage. <laughs> you know, I could work whenever I wanted. I could work from home. I could work until one o'clock in the morning if that's what I needed. Um, I wasn't bound by a, a manager or a team leader. And I just happened to have been in the space for six years prior to know exactly what I needed, what the bare minimum was. Um, I had a good network already. So it was I, I, I was in a good position to do it. Um, and I'm just one of the lucky few who were able to just transition straight into it. But, um, you know, it was a lot of work. It was long nights. It was, you know, lots of networking. It was lots of website building. It's lots of stuff that I just didn't really, I was forced to do just given the, 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 the nature of the situation that we were in, um, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was, that was my work. I was like, I really, I could have just gone back to to the crisis service and just done my sort of nine till four thirty kind of job and then come home and let my wife take on all of the responsibility of this sort of six screaming, um, unhappy, well, he was super happy, but struggling kid, newborn baby. Um, and it would have been e much easier for me to do that. Mm. All right. Um, but, I just, that wasn't right for me. It's not how I wanted to parent. That's not the kind of husband I wanted to be. Uh, it's not the relationship I wanted. So there was just other sacrifice. Build the business, do it at night, do it early in the morning, do it with the baby strapped onto my chest, you know, um, and, and build it, you know, building the plane while it's flying um, and just making it work. Um, but I, I don't recommend people do it stressful as hell. Um, but, you know, if you can't, if that's where you're at, you know, now I'm in this position where the business is strong. I'm not fully booked, but I'm, I'm really happy and I'm super flexible and I have Fridays off uh, client work. So I'm at home all day. Um, which gives me heaps of freedom. I can do all the housework, you know, um, before the weekends. I can prep for the weekends. I do all the grocery shopping. It's just much better balance now. Um, but it was a hard 12-month slog to get here. Um, but it's it fits for me and it was it made it all worth it and I knew what I was doing and it really aligned and it's what I always wanted. So, you know, um, I, you just... You just do it, I suppose. That's what it feels like to me. You just if it feels right, and I, I just couldn't not do it. I couldn't see any other way for me. So, awesome. Um, what advice would you give the dads that are listening to this that uh, are feeling like maybe through this conversation they've 
they've gone and you know there's no oh, maybe i need to look a little bit deeper you know maybe there's the dads out there that have called the eap yeah. or have gone to see a counselor or you know and just felt like ah oh, it wasn't yeah. for me you know i just i I just vented and that was good, but I don't want to go back again. I don't think I need it. You know, so those dads who are mm-hmm. looking and now after this session, after this session, after our conversation, what are they, <laughs> you know, what, what advice would you give them to just take the next step? What would that look like? Um, I, I get it that's that's the first thing that comes forward for me like i work i'm really lucky i work with guys who are already in that step they're already reaching out right they know they want it um i don't i don't get much contact with guys who are sort of considering and pondering and not really sure if they want to because the guys who reach out are already reaching out so they're already at that stage And so for me, like I just hold so much space and so much compassion for people as they try to figure out their stuff and what they need, all right? Like it makes sense to me that if you've gone and you've vented and you feel like that's all you needed and now you feel better and, you know, things are good that you don't want to go back, you don't have to go back, all right? I don't actually think that everybody does need to go to counselling. I don't think everybody does need to do therapy and the deep work if they don't need to. Right, I certainly don't think that that's necessary or required to be a good person. I just often I get curious for myself around well, what is it that you want to be different in your life? Right, what is it that you you know you're feeling discontent? Right, if you are you struggling to communicate? Are you having relationship issues? Are you feeling like you're a bad dad are you feeling like you can't work your work stuff out right does that feel like something you can manage alone does that feel like something that you can work through you know individually if you can go for it power to you wonderful but sometimes and often it gets to a point where it's like well i I can't do this alone anymore right and if you start to think that I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to move it forward or, you know, then then maybe that's the point you need to ask, A, what's stopping you from getting the help, right? What is that protective part of you saying, right? Saying, no, I don't need it, I don't want it, it's uncomfortable, I don't trust them, what are they going to tell me that I don't already know? Like, you know, there's all those narratives that happen, those protective parts that stop us from engaging with that help. And most of them, if not all of them, are totally valid, right? I've worked with a lot of guys who said, yeah, I've tried counseling, it's not for me. I'm like, great. How was your experience of that shit? Didn't feel good. Just a, you know, just a number on a board. They just tried to give me advice. You know, they don't even know me, you know? I'm like, yeah, that would suck. I totally understand why you'd never want to go back to that guy, right, or to that that chick. Or I get a lot from guys saying she she just didn't understand me. She didn't understand my male experience. She was just trying to, you know, you know, she was just telling me how I should feel, what I should do, right, and it just didn't feel right. Yeah, that would suck. That actually makes sense why you wouldn't want to go back or you'd have resistive parts to actually doing any of that change work, right? So 
the cyst, like uh, that's that's what I hold for all of those guys. Like it actually makes sense that you don't want to do that. Firstly, but like I said, you know, oftentimes the first person, the first counselor you speak to, is not going to be the right one, and is that sort of indicative of entirety of all of the options in counseling that you can go to it's kind of a bit like trying to find the right gp or trying to find you know um the right support worker or whatever you're not always going to get it right for the first time um i would encourage guys to just you know go to one see how it goes see how you feel if you don't feel comfortable that's fine politely decline move to the next one check in with them um and that's easy enough for me to say right um because the system is overwhelmed and there are long wait lists and it's hard to get into people and it's expensive you know so there's a whole bunch of systemic reasons why people can't engage and can't just jump and hop between counselors right totally get that that's valid totally true and valid is it enough for you to not get the help you deserve that's up to each individual person Right? Do we have the courage, the strength, the perseverance to sit in that shittiness of the system, to rely on groups like the Australian Dads Network for mental health support until we can find the right person? Can we have other peer support groups? Um, there's so many mankind project groups out there that, that they're not therapy, but they're support. It's something. It's better than nothing. It's completely free right there's there's resources out there how do i get creative in order to be able to meet my needs at the moment until i can you know do more later or until i'm in a financial position to afford a private counselor or um that i have that the kids are old enough that i have the time to go during the day or my works flick whatever they need right i i believe they have the resources i believe they have the capacity to figure that out for themselves right um it's kind of where i land i'm not sure if that answers your question mm. <laughs> but that's where i that's that, they're my thoughts it does it does very much and um yeah i think it's a i think a nice way to a nice way to end the, the conversation because you know it's we you know we've, we've touched on which we have on a, a couple of episodes of this podcast is that courage piece, you know, and that how important mm. it is to to have that, not just in the, you know, that sort of, I suppose, Hollywood version of it, which is, you know, all all guns blazing mm. and just go straight into the, yeah. the burning building or something. But, you know, when we're talking about it for our yeah. own selves, it's, it's, it's very, yeah. It's very obvious that it's a necessary part of us to be able to move into um, into the space of exploring and and you know creating options mm -hmm. for us. And I think what you said there about having, you know, it doesn't have to be going into the deep dark places. You know, you could just need some of that support just to slowly, um, you know, slowly integrate some things that make you feel a little bit better each and every day. So I appreciate um, right. I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate you doing what you're doing. How uh, can guys reach out to you? We'll have some information of uh, Strong Space Counselling inside the uh, show notes as well, and when we share it around. But you know, for a guy who is uh, in Canberra or you know is keen to do uh, any sort of conversation with you virtually, how can they reach out to you? Mm. Mm. 
Uh, best way to get in contact with me is through the website. So uh, www.strongspacecounseling.com. You can just Google Strong Space Counseling. It should come up. Um, you can Google my name, Matthew Musgrave or Matt Musgrave, and it's usually one of the first ones that comes up as well. Um, and and there's a couple of options there. So my email's there. You can email me directly, matt at strongspacecounseling.com, um, or you can book in directly for a free 15-minute discovery call where you just find a cat time in my calendar and we just chat and you know see where we're at and see what you're looking for if there's anyone that i can sort of direct you to or if i'm you want to work with me then that's totally doable um there are social media platforms i'm on instagram and and facebook strong space counseling i'm not very active there because i'm so busy with the business and the family um but i do plan on getting better at that at the back end of this year so the back six months from july um i've got a big plan moving forward just to get a little bit more accessibility um for those guys who can't afford um afford it or whatever that they still get some resources and some mindset and some things that i work with a lot um so keep an eye out there and you know if you're not 100 percent sure you're not ready but you want to sort of stay in touch but you don't want to book a call reach out my email list is another really good one i send that out every week and it's just my thoughts and i'm bringing on i've got a partner in the business as well now kate and so we're gonna you know it's just we're just gonna tag team in terms of what we're working with and what we're seeing and what's helpful and you know all of that stuff and that's all going into the email list um every week so you know there's some options there um, and i'm really happy to talk to anyone really across australia and um you know support where i can have the conversation just get it started and and sort of help guys so i have full confidence that you are doing that in uh more ways than than you could imagine i'm and, and i i oh. i appreciate i appreciate what you're doing i i also you know as a as someone else in this space who's just uh, a newbie into starting a business um you know being able to see where you're at now the work that you're putting in and uh, I think you know, props to you. Keep going, and uh, and oh, I you. know that it's uh, it's 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 doing amazing things for for the community. Um, so again, thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate you. Appreciate what you're doing, and uh, enjoy your weekend. Thanks for being on the Unbun. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your kind words. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to hear. Hard to accept. But I, I'm wholeheartedly appreciative. Um, and thanks for having me on. This is just such an awesome resource. And I, I love the ADN network. I love the group. So, I'll still be around. You'll see me in the Facebook group too. Actually, now I think about it. So, maybe we need to get you in there and do a thank you a Facebook live to the answer some questions live inside the group. That'd be cool. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah, super happy. Let's chat. Cool. Awesome.